0: Hey, that's it we're back episode 33 of uh, in focus uh, we took a brief hiatus i thought you can call it that after the christmas and new year holidays needed a bit of a break um but here we are yes we're back so this is uh, focus wire and focus rights regular podcasts where we get an interviewee we talk about some of the things that they're doing talk about some of the things that we're doing and uh, yeah we're back so uh this week excellent timing of course it's uh, we have an interview with uh, martin book who's the director at itb in berlin now uh, we recorded this interview uh, a couple of weeks ago just because inevitably he's very busy because itb in berlin is next week however obviously it's not in berlin it's in uh, it's virtual like many other events have been for the last 12 months but we thought it would be really good to have a chat with him and get a sense of first of all how things unraveled for that show last year because i think most people will agree that it was probably the cancellation of that show as i say to him later on in the interview it was the cancellation of that show that really was a signal i think would be the best way of putting it that things were really really getting quite bad and uh, certainly put the industry on alert many of us couldn't go to berlin it got cancelled at the very very last minute and uh, so yeah we thought we'd have a chat with Martin, see how that all unraveled, but we, it's it's a really good interview, actually, if I don't say so myself. We get into some pretty interesting topics around the economics of uh, the recovery, and towards the end of the interview, we start discussing about new models and how actually things might change, perhaps not for the better in the long term, So, uh, but it's not all downbeat, I assure you. So here's the interview we'll be back in about half an hour it's uh, it's pretty long but it's really good he's uh, always an excellent um excellent gent to talk to so uh, thanks ever so much to him but uh, here's my interview with martin book which was recorded about a week ago uh, delighted uh, to welcome to this episode of in focus uh, martin book thank you very much for joining us it's a very busy week or so we're actually recording this with about 10 days to go before ITB starts we do appreciate you spending 15-20 right. minutes with us uh, to, to have a chat really I mean my, I, I wanted to start Martin if I could by yeah. briefly kind of reflecting so this time last year I was yeah. at a I was at a travel trade show in London travel technology yeah. Europe mm-hmm. and it was the Thursday and we still didn't know whether we would all be flying to Berlin on Sunday night. And it was that Mm -hmm. particularly chaotic few days where everyone suddenly realized quite how serious things were going to be. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I must say, I don't envy you and your colleagues this time last year having to kind of unravel that situation and react in super quick time and I just wondered because so many of our listeners go to Berlin for ITB, just talk yeah. us through if you can Martin how that small period this time last year when you were taking advice from your local government officials and I would assume your stakeholders just how that kind of felt and how you had to kind of work through that situation because it must have been really difficult.
1: I have to say Kevin thank you first uh, of all to, uh, for, for the opportunity to have a nice chat with you um, and this is certainly I have to say uh, being asked about that um, week uh, one year ago I have to say this is certainly one of the most dramatic experience I personally ever made, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and uh, as you just mentioned, it was a very confusing time, and we did not know for a while how or what this actually meant for us, what it meant for for ITB. I remember the news several days before the cancellation. Well, the anchorman said, "Now the pandemic has arrived in Milan, and uh, f- from from Milan to Frankfurt, um, the uh, distance is shorter than the distance from Frankfurt to Berlin. And right. if the if the if the most prominent uh, anchor t- tells you that, or tells <laughs> it to the whole uh, population, it's obvious um, that this means something dramatic." Yeah. Um, My conclusion from it was I went to the boss and told the boss, uh, listen, I think we should take some preparations. And interestingly enough, at that point in time, um, he was very skeptical and said, this is is, uh, uh, nothing of any interest for us. We just have to keep our nerves and then uh, we will go back to normal very early, which turned out to be completely wrong. Um, So if we had taken that common, uh, let's say, rating uh, some days earlier, we could have saved a lot of um, nervosity and and, uh, uh, doubt for ourselves. So it's a classical example on one hand for this uh, good advice to take uh, decisions uh, in the right time and not later. Yeah. And on the other hand, it also shows how difficult reality can be, especially when you enter a situation that you've never seen before. And none of us has had ever seen it before. Um, from a nowadays perspective, it's easy to say we should have decided earlier. Okay, so now it, it came as it came. And uh, we were relying, this became obvious very fast. We were relying on the government. mm mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, a, because we are own, uh, a company, a public company being owned by the Berlin government. B, because of that pandemic dimension of the whole thing, it was obvious that, that normal decision-taking processes would not work any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it took the government actually three days before they took the decision to cancel the show. Yeah out of pandemic reasons. So the problem then was that it was already too late. Many exhibitors had already arrived in Berlin, already had started building up their stuff. Um, which which uh, created the situation where the telephone was ringing every every five seconds uh, with the question, how will how, how it go on? And uh, we could not answer it for a long time. But when the decision had been taken, it was really, you know, like, like um, uh, somebody, a friend of you dies. It's really interesting because you prepare and prepare and prepare. And then something happens that really goes completely against your expectations or something happens you never would have expected. Um, so our baby died in a sense. And it was obvious uh, that that um, it would take a lot of strength to overcome that, that emotional challenge. And I have to say the good experience that the team, the ITB team really proved in that situation um, how how stable they are as, as individuals, as personalities, yeah. because it was really a shift, you know, 180 degrees around from, from doing a regular trade show to handling the crisis. And handling the crisis actually meant to prepare the right uh, answers uh, on a legal side, but also on, a, on an operational side. And it also meant to... Um, Act, and the question was: Would that acting be only uh, telling everybody now the show is over, although it hasn't even taken place, or, yeah. or would it be to, to to provide something at least symbolic that that uh, shows that we are still around, that we have not died completely? And we did that, so uh, we managed to uh, set up a number of streams where we where we conveyed I, you might remember some I of do. the of the uh, uh, contents that were prepared for um, for the convention so um, and I really have to admire my colleagues how they how they did that within an extremely short period of time. So you could say this was exactly the moment. Where ITB now or ITB as a digital invention started?
0: Yeah, it started then. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think here where where I am in the UK, we looked at how things were unraveling on a global, you know, certainly from the uh, from the Far East during February but it was really from an industry perspective. It was the cancellation of ITB that I think from an industry, you know, that was perhaps the moment where people realized quite how serious it was because it was something that was, it had messed up their travel plans or their exhibitor plans or everything. But but I I think just finally on this moment, for me and I thought this a lot last year, that that was the moment where it really started hitting home was that you know, a a trade show of that size, that has that much meaning to many people each each year was suddenly off, off the calendar and it was an interesting moment let's move on if we can then martin i mean you talked about yes. the birth of itb now i mean we're on the eve recording this of the of the of the show taking place um that's taken a long while to prepare i would imagine i mean we've had a play with it it's a really interesting platform that you've done just talk to us briefly martin if you can about how that's kind of come together
1: Actually, um, we the, the clear idea um, uh, was born to, 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 to do such a platform was born at ITB uh, and it was last year during the cancellation and it was clear that um, um, streaming is a good start, but in order to... Um, to, um, to realize all the and execute all the functions that exhibitors and attendees would expect from a trade show, um, streaming of content is a vital part, but it's certainly not enough. Um, so this this idea to develop a a, a model or a tool that makes it possible to, um, to uh, deliver the core elements of our trade show, which are, uh, like with every trade show, I would say business, networking, uh, content and news. Um, th- that took a while, because when you remember the time in, 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 in March and also April, it was far from being clear. How this pandemic situation would develop, Mm -hmm. nobody knew how it would go. Everybody was very not everybody, but there was a lot of optimism that the crisis would go by rather fast. Um, uh, uh, And it took a while before it became clear that it would take definitely more than than several weeks. To go back to normal and uh, uh, I mean we had two lockdowns in Germany we had the one that started in in, in, in March and went on until May then we had the, the the release, the liberalization the numbers got got bad again then we had the second lockdown starting last year uh, in autumn which is actually now still going on yeah. um, and it's still a very pending situation so I would say uh, in for us it was important to take a decision. And we took a decision as ITP in um, September that we should not expect a return of the normal world uh, within the coming six months. In order to uh, to be available for the industry and to create some benefit for our travel industry, it was clear that we had to move to the digital model, um, which we then decided we commissioned the company who already had developed um, similar platform for a big um, online trade show that takes place in Cologne every year. And is something like at least the German or European uh, marketplace for online marketing. So they, we could see there what, they had done. Um, we, uh, I mean, there was a heap of things going on mm-hmm. uh, in that period because everybody wanted to get digital, <laughs> and it was interesting. <laughs> and, and it was interesting to see how different the approaches were. But it gave us a great opportunity to see how different approaches would work, and based on that experience, choose a model of features and the way in which these features should be manifested uh, that, that um, focuses, A, on a provider, on a technology provider who uh, uh, has uh, showed, verified his capabilities, B, also on the conversation with customers, yeah. with you, with potential users. So we went to them uh, with drafts and let them judge how they, how they would see that. How they would find it, and this was basically the process uh, uh, with which we we developed what you now can see um, online.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had a play. As I said earlier, I've had a play with it. It's it's pretty cool. So I think the the, the, the you know we're a conference provider as well as you know Martin. We've met at the Funkers Right Conference a couple of times. You know, I think the, the 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 challenge for any kind of live event is even more acute for an exhibition where so much of, so much of the value of going to an exhibition is walking up to booths and Having a look at a piece of technology, yeah. or yeah. talking to somebody about contracting a hotel for a destination, all those kind of things. So I'm glad that you've um, that you've uh, you've overcome that, and I do encourage listeners to go and have a have a play with the system because it is right. it's pretty good. So if we can, your colleague um, and uh, the head of ITB, Dr. Yes. Uh, sorry, not uh, David Roots, yes, has mentioned uh, I think in the several interviews, you know that the strain has been felt in kind of exhibitor registrations. I just wonder, Martin, if you can give us a sense of, you know, airlines have been hit hard, cruise ships Uh, outwardly seem to be quite optimistic. How do you see their kind of future as suppliers to the industry for the end product?
1: I believe that uh, we still see a degree of uncertainty in -hmm. the whole market that makes it absolutely impossible at the time being for the time being, to clearly give a statement when uh, the process where we go back to normal will start. Absolutely impossible at the yeah. moment, which makes it incredibly difficult, I would say especially for airlines and hotels, to yeah. decide how they, how they manage their capacities. And the longer this uncertainty will endure, um, the more The more disappearances from the market we will see. And um, I mean, I would say, on one hand, it's interesting that the significance of information has grown over the past 12 months. So, providing the people with um, the most, the best information. Uh, has grown, because uh, in order to, 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 to work with that uncertainty, you have to look behind every corner what's available uh, uh, as information. So an ocean of information is being produced or at least being delivered. Um, I would say t- the, the the degree of similarity on, and of uh, the, the lack of, of originality <laughs> Is is, is uh, also a part of the game because uh, only because there's a need. Um, yeah. It's not clear whether this need can be fulfilled. So information will be multiplied. So I believe that um, for airlines, um, it will be crucial. Was it will be crucial? Was what happens in the next six months? If we have at least in. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the important source markets, and we're talking about leisure um, uh, travel, um, but yeah, I think it also goes for the for the uh, for the professional part of it or business part of it. But for leisure, it's very it's very still more uh, important. Um, as long as um, source markets cannot go back to normal and destinations neither. Um, we will not see any um, return of normal capacities. It's a a vital prerequisite that this happens. And I believe that perhaps when we're lucky, um, you know, the vaccination and uh, campaigns and also the testing um, will make it possible uh, to go back to normal. But before that happens, the infection rates have to go down. And this has not materialized yet in many, many markets. Tell me,
0: Martin, there's lots of discussion around things never being the same again. It's a phrase that's yeah. been used many, many times over the last you know 12 mm-hmm. months or so. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm.
1: think there are
0: any kind of fundamental changes to the way the industry is going to operate as a result of what's been happening over the last year or so. Yes, we are going to have health and safety protocols that we're going to have to adhere to for probably quite some time. But do you consider right. there are other kind of more fundamental, as I said, changes that are going to come as a result of what we've experienced?
1: I think that the focus of demand when it comes, it will come back. yeah. And the focus of demand will will most probably shift still stronger to China and to other Southeast Asian uh, countries. I believe that, or I I think it's very plausible uh, to say that we might see um, the economic crisis will will, uh, take longer uh, and will first have to appear because until now Governments are doing uh, uh, many things to 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 avoid it or to to soften the consequences for the mm-hmm. for the players in the respective markets. But this cannot go on forever by different reasons. I mean that it's it, you cannot let people in the lockdown uh, eternally. So this does not work. So you have to allow um, uh, some some movement because movement be it travel or be it, be it uh, trade, um, uh, is something that, without it, we cannot, we cannot survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will take place. But the moment it takes place, the risk that the pandemic, again, um, uh, gets its grip on the, on the respective populations is immense. So we will stay, or the governments, including us, will stay on the tightrope walk, or try to stay on the tightrope and not fall down, in one, in one, uh, uh, on, on one of the of the of the two sides. I believe that, uh, or I also watch that in in, in Asia, uh, countries like South Korea, Taiwan, uh, certainly China as well. Um, obviously, they, they, they based on culture, based on their possibilities to, to rule, uh, uh, not 100% democratic from our standpoint, have uh, better ways to tackle that pandemic. And therefore, they will get a normalized situation faster than we can. Um, I also believe that uh, the moment the pandemic, um, the, the, you know the, the 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 capabilities of governments to um, soften and mitigate the conse- economic consequences of the crisis are are shrinking due to the due to the amount of resources that have been invested. Right. That we will see many bankruptcies and so on. We will rather see um, an increase of unemployment, which then affects our our travel business uh, very strongly. So I would say um, we see a shift uh, in the global demand, one thing. Second thing, um, the economic crisis will accompany us longer than it might um, be good for us, or I'm not too optimistic on that. And the third thing is, I believe still that the saying misery is the mother of invention is right. Uh, and we can see it uh, <laughs> with what is it's a great phrase. <laughs> it's really a great phrase, and you, you can see what's going on. I think cur- really very currently, with um, uh, with Emirates and Etihad, uh, that they have already now vaccinated their their uh, their complete staff. So they can fly, they can provide the product on one end. On the second, they have a chance to um, offer more products because they are now offering, offering uh, the trips to Dubai and the Emirates to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so I would say this is a good example uh, into, uh, that shows in which direction um, we might be going over the next months and years.
0: Okay so two two final points Martin if we can before we wrap up. Yeah. Do you okay. do you sense that as travelers and as an industry that we will be reflecting on issues such as eco-friendliness and sustainability as an industry as we look forward and say look we now recognize that we have some fundamental issues around climate change as a, as a species, as a planet and this last 12 months has given us time to pause and think about those issues. Do you think the industry understands and is reacting to that perhaps arguably even bigger problem that is coming down the road for us as a sector?
1: I think the problem is if this really turns out to be a substantial trend in travel demand, then uh, uh, the require the, the investment requirements are growing dramatically. This means that you um, uh, have cruise ships, for example, that that go on uh, 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 that that go on natural gas. Um, I, I would say out of 100 ships, only two do it at the moment, and the rest are still based on um so so you could say this this uh, style of travel is based on um, on um, ignoring the, the given the given resource cons- c- consumption situation of this of this way uh, of this mode of transport so uh, the moment you do that the moment you start investing in uh, Lng driven ships for example or electrical engines or hydrogen or whatever yep. um uh, the product will get more expensive because uh, uh, whoever does it has to uh, recuperate his investment. So one could say or, or could expect that the, uh, that, that the prices will go up, which will reduce demand. That's, that's one thing. The other is that, uh, for example, again, in the, in the aviation world, there's a lot of discussion about synthetic fuels and stuff like that, but it will take another ten to fifteen years before this really comes effect becomes effective. Uh, but there as well, um, uh, I would say, compared with the, or combined with a with a uh, potentially re- rather reduced demand, prices will go up. This leads, on the other hand, to a, to a growing importance of uh, domestic travel and surface-bound travel.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that is that is something we will see in the years to come. So the over-tourism problem most probably will shift. It will shift for a German. It will shift from, from Venice to Hamburg or, or uh, to some provincial beaches, wherever they are, because so many Germans want to go to their domestic beaches, but the beaches turn out to be to, to be uh, too small to, to house off <laughs> all these
0: tourists. Right. Um, it's so that could be a scenario. Yeah, it's an interesting point that you raise there about the product becoming more expensive because of the investment required to make it more green.
1: Yeah.
0: And so therefore demand comes down. Do we then find ourselves, you know, you're an economist, do we find ourselves in a situation where travel becomes very exclusive again because the product becomes more expensive? So, you know, there is an argument that in the 1990s, the low-cost carriers kind of democratized travel heavily because yes. the prices were so low, more people could go for weekend breaks or, you know, yes. because the low-cost model. But if the model... If the, if the if the supplier becomes more expensive, then there is this arguably two tier system that we find ourselves in. Would you agree with I, that?
1: I I I I I think there's a lot of truth to it. Mm. Um, on the other hand, we've seen many times in the past decades that uh, any forecast. Uh, about how demand would develop has turned out to be wrong. I remember many conversations <laughs> about the uh, about the influence of unemployment, which was rising uh, in the you know in the first decade of the new millennium, unemployment was rising in Britain, in Germany, blah blah blah. But this obviously did uh, people not um, keep away from traveling. Now you could say they perhaps. They don't have uh, the sufficient income, but the reaction of the market was to, mo- to make the product cheaper and therefore a new, a new a match was found. Um, I mean, things like that certainly can happen again. Um, and and um, I also believe that perhaps the um, lack of significance or the loss of significance that the European travel markets have will be more than overcompensated by the Chinese because we have so many of them, their incomes are rising, they seem to be the winner of that whole situation. Um, with more income, I mean, they were travel travel champions already before the pandemic, and most probably they will reestablish this position again when the pandemic is over. Yeah. And we, as as well as the Americans, will get rather marginalized because we cannot compete with that absolute amount of economic and also um, intellectual power that's being represented by the Chinese, and they've they've done that until. Colonialism started uh, in the, I don't know, 15th century, um, and, uh, and they now they are doing it again. And that inter- intermitting period of 500 years was just a little episode in global history. <laughs> and now we are going back to normal. What I wanted to say, perhaps also as a final point, Kevin, Mm-hmm. Um, because I've seen the surveys and we've done surveys. And if you ask people in this situation, what do you think? How does it go? Would you be prepared to adapt your personal travel behavior to the to the new challenge? Everybody says yes. Yeah. But when you're looking at the, at the stats afterwards, it turns out that people uh, did not care at all. So they're still eating meat like hell and they still want to travel to Mallorca like hell. So uh, it's two different things. Mm. And I mean, I certainly say uh, nothing uh, surprising. Uh, I mean, our world is based on, on the I- ignoring of facts um, uh, when it comes to cons- con- consumption decisions or co- consumer decisions. We, we are, we've been doing many things that are absolutely eco-unfriendly for a long time. And nobody has, 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 has forced us to take the, aircraft instead of of riding a bike. Uh, However, we did it. So I I think the rational dimension of this and also the moral dimension of that um, first has to be confirmed by the real development uh, of demand the moment normality uh, returns. And we're still uh, far away from from normality. uh, Which makes it more important to have a marketplace like ours uh, where, where where industry players can discuss um, uh, what, what will be happening and what's happening at the moment.
0: So this is a very poignant and a very thoughtful way to end things there. So, uh, Martin Buch, I hope that the next time that we get a chance to talk, it will be in Berlin in March 2022. I Absolutely. I, I, and we'll be having
1: I'm, a beer together, Kevin. I'm looking forward to that.
0: I must, I must say, I miss my annual trip to Berlin. It's one of the highlights of uh, of my kind of professional year because I love the city and I always enjoy the show. So I wish you all the best for ITB 2021. Thanks ever so much Thank for joining much. us on In Focus and we really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: If you're looking for another great podcast, check out How I Got Here, a weekly chat with people that have led successful startups and created cutting edge innovations in travel and transportation. Produced by FocusWire and Mozio, it has a catalog that includes Steve Koffer of TripAdvisor, Kayak's Steve Hafner, Expedia's Arian Gorin, and more. We get the stories behind these companies, the highs and lows, and a lot of gritty details. How I Got Here is available on focuswire.com and all the usual podcast platforms okay our huge thanks to martin there and uh, best of luck for itb now as it's called uh next week um as i said in my uh, chat with martin i'm particularly sad and about not being in Berlin next week it is one of my favorite cities in the world and uh, have always enjoyed my visits there I think it would have been if I was there next week probably my 14th 15th uh, year in a row that I've been out to Berlin for ITB. anyway best of luck Martin and uh, we'll catch up with you another time right so uh, lots to uh, tell you about in the two months since we've uh, been away lots been going on so uh, the focuswire pulse events started in february the first one which was under the title safer and seamless was um, actually really good we were really very pleased with how that turned out all those interviews from the event are now online on our youtube channel Um, we've got interviews with terry jones Catherine grass Florian Cramer, who's a professor of uh, vaccinology, so a really important person uh, this year to hear from. Clive Bork from Dayon, Brandon Balcom from CWT, Alan Murray-Hayden from IATA, and uh, I interviewed uh, Gloria Guevara, who's the CEO and president of the WTTC. So all really good interviews, actually. So as I said, they're all on our YouTube channel. Our next FocusWire Wire Pulse event is on March the 23rd, so uh, just under three weeks away. goes under the title, Loyalty for the Long Haul. Uh, we're getting speakers confirmed. Uh, if you go to the Focuswire website, uh, you can see details on there and register for that. We also have the uh, Future Proofing Travel series, which is kind of we've morphed the new reality interview series that we ran for uh, about 20-odd episodes in 2020. That's now called Future Proofing Travel. It's uh, sponsored by Travelport. Thank you very much and uh the next one of those is with stephanie jones of the national blacks in travel and tourism collective that's on march the 18th and i'll be my colleague jill mens who'll be doing that interview so look out for that as well uh focus right europe is uh obviously going to be virtual but we have the dates for that that will be in june FocusRightEurope.com. So uh, go and visit that. We're starting to pull together speakers for that as well. So uh, uh, that's coming up in June. So really, that's uh, all for me from now. Um, it's nice to be back. Thank you very much for listening. As always, if you're not a subscriber, you can do so on all the usual places. That's uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, give us a rating, give us a review, and uh, thank you very much as always. For listening in, and again, thank you very much for Martin Brook of ITV for talking to me last week. Uh, We'll see you next time.